All right, Boca Podcast listeners, we are back for yet another episode, and we're doing things a little bit differently, as you can probably already hear right now. Um, I have the wonderful opportunity to, to host Danielle Green and Connor Brogan today for the podcast, but the music that you were just hearing um, is actually a product of Connor's band. So I have to say thank you from the get-go to Connor for allowing us to use this music. We're going to play it here in the intro. We're going to also play it in the outro but I normally have a pre-recorded intro playing, so I'm just going to mention brief- briefly that this podcast is brought to you by Photographer's Edit, custom editing for the professional photographer, and we'll leave it at that, the little mini commercial. But Danielle and Connor, thank you so much for hanging out with us today here on the Boca Podcast. Oh, thanks so much for having us. Yeah, I really appreciate it, man. Well, I have to say I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit infatuated and w- with you guys, not only with, with your brand, the photography that you're offering your personalities as well. Um, we, we actually had a bit of an unusual opportunity, something that I don't normally get to do with the guests that we have in the podcast to jump on a video call. I guess it's been a, a week or two or so ago and uh, just get to connect, get to know each other a little bit, which was really awesome. Yeah, yeah, that was a... <laughs> I think that's that's what we like to do with even, even with our clients too. That's a big part of us is just really trying to create relationships with people. Yeah, it felt pretty... Um... Intimate. Yeah, it, it it's pretty standard for us. That's how we like to get to, know, and that's how we get to know a lot of people is through video chats, especially with people who are further away. We can't like meet with them in person and get a drink. If we could, we would. But yeah. like, so yeah, that's like a big part of our of our our process. Our process, yeah. Well, I I appreciate it. And you all were actually the ones that suggested it, and I really I'm so glad oh. that you did. And to, to actually get a chance to, to get to know each other a little bit and talk about what we would get into here on the podcast today, which is actually a pretty big topic. We're going to be talking not only about rebranding, um, the process of rebranding, which is something that you all have been going through, but doing so with meaning, with significance, understanding what actually drives that, not just kind of randomly, haphazardly deciding, oh, we need a new brand. Um, you all have put a lot of thought into this process, and we're going to dig into what that's looked like here in just a little bit, but you're wedding photographers, or I should say wedding and portrait photographers based out of whereabouts in Arkansas? We're in Northwest Arkansas. It's actually in the Ozark Mountains. And I think a lot of people don't know that this place is up here, but it's really cool. It's kind of like a little tiny like Portland or Nashville. Wow. Yeah, it's very liberal, hip, old hippie town with lots of mountains <laughs> and it's a pretty cool place. Yeah. When I was living in Boston, I went I went to music school there. And whenever I came back here, uh, I knew that I wanted to live in Northwest Arkansas because I, I used to come here all the time to visit my grandmother. And the vibe here is just so, it's so drastically different than the rest of Arkansas. And it, yeah. it reminded me of living in Boston. Really? Yeah, yeah. Just like a, a smaller version of that. It's well, really cool. And and I know that I already mentioned this to you all and you said that you actually get this, it sounds like quite quite a bit, but when we did that video conference call, it, you all just it looked like I was having rock stars on the podcast. The, 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 <laughs> you've got this totally non Arkansas vibe going on, just of course stereotypically, but uh, you got a great look about you. And actually, speaking of the two of you and your vibe, I have to go ahead and point out to all of our listeners on your about page and, and your website is layersphoto.com. Same thing on Instagram. And uh, we're going to, to, of course, link to these in the show notes. But the about page on your site, you all have to have pr- maybe the most impactful about us video that I've seen on any photographer's website to date. It is absolutely <laughs> stunning. And and the in fact, to the extent that it had me in tears and 
it's it's largely the backstory of your relationship, right? Yeah, and that was one of the things. Like when we when we did that video, um, we met with our our good friend Rafal. Back then, he wasn't our friend yet, but he actually changed our lives and our whole perspective about photography and how we looked at it. And that was really the catalyst was meeting him and, and going and letting him capture us that, that really changed everything for us. Yeah, he became a, 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 a very, when I saw his, so he's a photographer. I'm sure you probably already know that. Uh, Rafal Boyar, uh, he has. Um, he was a rangefinder last year. Okay. Was it last year? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, and his his thing now, the name that he goes under is One Story Hero. Yeah. Um, that's his website. And um, yeah, the whole, that entire process of just being open and vulnerable with him as, it's it's really strange because before we did that, we didn't really have this experience of being in front of the camera as a, as a couple uh-huh. and when we got when we were put in that position we real we realized like how, how how it was uncomfortable at first yeah, yeah. <laughs> we were like oh my gosh how am i going to you know do this in my underwear in front of a camera like but it, it wasn't weird at all it was comfortable and we we made you know it we, was uncomfortable at first because we were we were kind of learning like wow is this is this how all of our Couples feel like yeah. when they go yeah. and get in front of a camera. It yeah. was so eye-opening to, to have to that be experience. Intimate and vulnerable in front of a camera. It, it's it's a it's an intimidating thing, and I think that us going through that and and being able to just and having someone there that made us so comfortable and made us open up really changed how we wanted to approach our couples. And the relationship that we wanted to create with them. Well, it probably encourages a certain amount of empathy too, right? Have you you've gone through this experience? You know how vulnerable it makes you feel. You can bring that empathy to the session and or to the wedding, and be able to capture them more effectively as a result. Yeah, that's a that's a really really great point um, because we did get to. We, I mean, he really took the time to get to know us, our backstory, like why we were here together, what, what we were doing. We got to share, uh, we got to learn about him. We shared our inspirations together. It was a long, long process. And it didn't just happen in a day. It was, it was over the course of like, I don't know, Couple, a month. Yeah, about like a, a month. month or we would so. video chat a video lot. Chat. Even now, like I still randomly video chat or fall and we, we're still, you know, we've met up a couple times since then. We've probably spent a whole month with him. <laughs> wow. Actually, well, and we'll certainly link to his Instagram account. It is one.story.hero on Instagram. And it, his, I mean, he's an extremely talented photographer and cinematographer, as you'll see. But for those of you listening in, again, we'll link to the website in the show notes. Make sure you go to the about page and watch this video. It's about five minutes. And it is seriously some of the most stunning cinematography associated with any photographers that I've ever seen. And it's beautiful work. And, and kudos to you guys, too, for being willing to put yourself out there. Danielle, your voice narrating that video is, is beautiful as well. And uh, it was just stunning. It, it really captured me. I think I immediately sent it to my girlfriend and, and who knows how many other people. I was just like, oh, my word, this is this is incredible. And uh, similarly, I've been obsessed with, I mentioned, Connor, your music at the beginning um, that we introed with called Apex. Uh, your band's name is Modeling. Is that right? Mm-hmm. 
And we, we, I've been listening to that kind of on and off, including even with my kids. I've been very, very excited about that. You all have tr- truly an, a, a sense of um, artistry that is wonderful, but there is an emotional vulnerability and curiosity uh, that is also innate to the two of you. And so maybe I'll use this as kind of a segue to, to my next or my first question, really, which has to do with your brand position. Talk to us a, a little bit about how you've woven your personalities into your brand in order to set yourselves apart from the other photographers in your market. <laughs> so um... this is a pretty big question for us because, well, I'm sorry, I just kind of started going. Is it okay? Yeah, yeah, I'll go, go ahead and do it. Yeah, okay. okay. It's a pretty big question for us because it's, it's, and it's funny because just, uh, was it two days ago, we were cleaning out our Google drives from our emails and we realized how many times we've created files for rebranding over like the last, how, how many? I mean, five years. Five years. <laughs> we've created so many rebranding files and gone through this process, process over and over and over just trying to, because it's, it isn't something that you just, you just figure out and it's over. You got it. It's done. You know? Yeah. It's. The way that we shoot, I, I compare it a lot to the way that uh, I create music with my brothers. Mm. And it's always like it's an ever-changing thing that is, is always, it's, it's just always morphing uh, because you're always learning. And so we get asked this question. We actually get asked this question quite a bit, I think. Yeah. I always hear like photographers say something like, um, you know, I'm different because I'm a storyteller or I like to do stories or I, I do this, I do that. And, and just to be, just to be completely honest, I feel, I feel like if I were to say that, cause I have said that and now I've realized like, it's a little naive for me to think like, Oh, just cause I'm a, I'm, I'm different cause I'm a storyteller. Well, I mean, everybody is, everybody is a storyteller in a, in some way, shape or form. Cause that's, I mean, that's kind of what life is. It's just, it's a collection of stories. Everyone can, can be a storyteller. Um, can I add something on that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I went to Alaska two summers ago to shoot a couple up there to do a session. And I spent some time, I went to a museum, and I got to learn from one of the native Alaskans the importance of storytelling. Mm. And so the, I think storytelling is something that we focus on and we, we find inspiration from yeah. that. Yeah. He talked a lot about, you know, everything had some kind of significance. It had some kind of symbology in, 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 in their drum. Their drum has a symbol, symbology about their God and how it connects to the arm and it connects to the heart and it and even their knives, they have storytelling knives. Wow. And they, they sing and dance so that they can tell the stories to people who are blind and who are deaf. Wow. And they carve the stories in the ground with the knife. And, and the, the knife that they have is actually has a story carved into the knife. So there's so they, storytelling is so ingrained into just human nature. Mm, yeah. And um, I feel like I think that we do try to create a lot of symbology in our images. And I think that's that's one thing that does set us apart. But you can go ahead. That was on a tangent. Well, well, yeah. Uh, I mean, I think it it still connects to what I'm saying is that everybody can be a storyteller. It's just like Daniel said, it's ingrained in human nature. I think the thing that makes anybody different is your own personal life experiences and, yeah. and your your recollections of those experiences, your memories of those things, and then how 
that has shaped you, your perspective of the world and life after all of that. So I feel like it's a very subtle thing with us. It's, it's very, it's what makes us different. I feel like maybe is, is, is something very subtle and it has a lot to do with probably our two perspectives together as, as one unit. Yeah, because we're a team and I feel like we approach this as like, I'm the right hand and Connor's the left hand and we work as one unit. So it's not like, you know, one of us kind of takes the lead. We consider ourselves both lead photographers, but we're working together as a team to, to create kind of like, you know, behind the scenes. And then there's one vision that comes out and we're always checking back and forth to make sure we both agree and we're both on the same page with this stuff. So that's great. I, I think the the proactive effort at true collaboration, as opposed to kind of letting your egos getting away and, and one person ends up directing it as a result. I, that's a, that's a challenge. Uh, and I'm sure it'll be an ongoing one, but I have a respect for that too. I know that it takes quite a bit of effort to make that happen effectively. You also mentioned the word perspective and it really is interesting how perspective based on our life experience literally drives everything that we do. Uh, I've talked about this before in the podcast. I have a, a tattoo on my arm that is the Japanese word kakushin, and it is the word for belief. And ultimately, our life experience drives a lot of our belief system. You know, so many times we think about the, the phrase belief system as something religious in nature. It's not. Literally, everything that we do is driven by a belief or a series of beliefs, and those beliefs are developed largely as a result of our life experience. And so that can, if we allow it to come through, translate to our work as photographers. And I think it's a beautiful thing. But I'm curious too, because conceptually, philosophically, that makes sense, at least to us as photographers. But how do you effectively convey that to a potential client? So I don't know if this is answering your question exactly, but it goes along with the discussion of the perspective. Um, and the belief. The and beliefs, the whole belief system. Yeah. I would say... My whole life, and I, I can say this for Connor too, I think we've both tried to run away from Arkansas because we didn't feel like, we, we didn't grow up here in Northwest Arkansas. Hmm. Connor was in Central, Central and yep. I was in Southeast Arkansas. Okay. I grew up in what we call the sticks or the boondocks. <laughs> <laughs> Howdy, y'all. But yeah, I think I tried to run away for a while. I moved out to LA. Connor went up to Boston. We've traveled a lot together. We've been to a lot of countries and states and we like the city kind of feeling life. But now, you know, I think what we've realized is like some of our favorite artists, like a lot of their inspiration comes from like their roots. Yeah, like somebody like Bjork. I don't I'm sure you know Bjork. I mean, her style of singing is so reflective of where she comes from. And for the longest time, and that's what makes her her that's what made her coming into America and all this stuff like truly truly unique and she really embraces her her culture. For, it took us so long to figure out or and we weren't we weren't proactively trying to figure out that we this that just sort of happened like um, just recently yeah just recently like spent so much time trying to get out of Arkansas and get away from what made us who we are mm -hmm. as as people hmm. and, and, and now you know it just recently we we've, we've just realized like wow like Let's explore our roots. And, and it's been such a journey for us of finding this inner peace of like, oh, my God, look around us. Like, you know, I, I grew up playing in creeks and playing out in the forest because that's what I grew up around. But I always wanted to be in the city. 
because mm. I wanted to get away from that. And now, just now, Connor and I have been like spending a lot of time hiking in nature and going in, in, in location scouting. And it just feels like, okay, now we're getting back to our roots and doing things that we did growing up here. And we're trying, and that's a process of our rebranding too, is we're trying to incorporate more of, you know, our true selves and, and even find our true selves. I think it's just a, it's a journey. Yeah. We're finding ourselves. It's and- it's not hard to, it's something that when you, when you look back and you think about what inspired you and what made you who you are today, it's, it's really not hard to, to fake any of that. If you're, if you're letting it in, you, you don't have to try hard to achieve it because it's just already in you. Yeah, you don't have to emulate people. I think that's the biggest point is yeah. we don't try to emulate anybody. We're we're just trying to find some truths for ourselves and be the most vulnerable that we can and the most open that we can um, so that we can share a real experience with someone. We're always finding inspiration in people and our clients and those experiences in our travels and things like that. So we do bring bits of those things because those things are still a part of who we are. Yeah. I think, you know, there's as much as it sounds kind of cliche to say a journey, it, it's certainly a journey that life is, and, and there's so much to learn. I, I I tend to kind of push back on the idea that we're finding ourselves as much as kind of deciding who we want to be. But I think part of the the idea of deciding who we want to be is being open to our tendencies, uh, having a certain amount of awareness of our tendencies, um, what, what is at the root of who we become or are becoming and acknowledging that and learning at least on the positive aspects of ourselves to be okay with that. And then ultimately even to capitalize on those tendencies and then as we need to, we can always make adjustments. And, and this is something that you alluded to early on is the fact that this is an ongoing process. This, this idea of rebranding isn't necessarily static. For the sake of marketing, consistency in our brand is important for at least a segment of time. But the reality is at some point in time, that will likely shift in one form or another. We're actually beginning that process uh, at Photographer's Edit again. And we've been in business for 11 years and we've changed our brand on a pretty significant level at least a couple of times. We're, we're looking at at least re-messaging or, or changing the way that, that we are uh, communicating our brand position to the industry uh, yet again. So I, I'm definitely on board with you in the fact that this is an ongoing process and we're going to explore in more detail what that's looked like for you all here in just a few minutes. But I want to keep moving too. I'm yeah. cu- curious as to maybe one of the most significant lessons that you've learned thus far as business owners. How long have you been in business so far? Um, about five years. Mm-hmm. Okay. So a relatively short amount of time and you've moved really quickly. I mean, uh, Rangefinders Rising Star and uh, Stars in 2018, you were a part of that group. You've got a pretty significant following on Instagram too. And by the way, I have to, to give you props as well, just for the not only the quality of work, and it certainly draws me in, it makes me curious, but also the variety of work. And uh, for those of you listening in, you're curious, you're going to want to check it out, Layers, L-A-Y-E-R-S, photo on Instagram. Of course, we'll link to that in the show notes as well. Uh, but in that time frame, that five-year time frame, what has been one of the most significant lessons that you have learned as business owners? <laughs> well, as a business owner... Um, <laughs> So for me going through the process this this it's been a it's been it feels like it's been a very long time for us even though it is a sh- relatively short amount of time that we've been in business together it feels like incredibly long I think and this is a little 
I'm just going to say it. To me, the most important part is keeping that spark of wonder. Mm. This to me because in a in a field like this or an industry like this, or at least with the way we approach it, it's so very heavily based on logistics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, business can be mundane and monotonous and boring at times, right? Is that is that kind of what you're getting at? Yes. Yeah, or, or, or I can say, you know, a lot of people will be like, here, here's a template to how I grew my business. And everybody has like, you know, you can get caught up in just saying, oh, I can get successful by just taking this formula and applying it. And yeah, you can make money by using the same formula that everyone's selling out there. Or you can make your own way, you know, or you can use the formula and make your own way. Um, and that's kind of, I feel like what we've done. Yeah. And that's, and that's kind of what I was getting at with the, this sort of childlike wonder is like, and it all goes back to get, I mean, if you can't tell already, we're very, <laughs> we're very, very inspired by memories and things that make you who you are as a person. And yeah. I think when, when you're a kid, there aren't rules. I mean, there are but like you're, you're very unaware of them. They're not, they're just, you're unaware of them. You kind of do whatever you want and you learn and you make all these mistakes and you explore and you're creative and, and you're curious. You're curious. Yes. Well, it seems like as a kid, you, the rules are more external than internal, right? As, as so-called yes. adults, like over time, we kind of develop these internal rules, whether they're subconsciously, we've like allowed somebody else to force those on us or we've created them for ourselves based on experience. But as a kid, the rules are external internally. We're just like, anything's possible. Yes. And that's like, that's, that's exactly what I'm talking. That's a great point because then, you know, as you, as you grow older, it's, it's really easy, easy to internalize those rules and, and think like, okay, well, you know, I can't do this now because I'll be judged or I, or I can't do this because this person did, did something this one way. So I have to do it this way. Um, and then if, if you're not careful, you'll end up finding yourself in in a little box and you'll feel like scrunched up and trapped. And, and I feel like it's so important to remember what that feeling is like of being a child and having wonder and, and being okay with exploring and trying things that aren't the norm. Like, Hey, you don't have to follow this particular formula. You can do what you can do it your own way and make it um, and be successful in that way as well. I think a lot of photographers, I mean, every artist starts off emulating somebody that they admire. That's just how yeah. it works. And then <clears throat> over time, you pick up these skills that you learn from emulating people. Mm. And then you start using those to explore your own kind of interests. And then you make something new and it's, you know, your own. And that's what we're trying to say is like, we're not going to stop being curious. We're not going to limit ourselves. We're going to cons- like constantly explore and, and yeah. try to, you know, find inspiration in new things all the time, you know? Yeah. Curiosity. It's such a good thing. I'm almost 40 now and I, I still, I'm like a kid, you know, whether I'm out, <laughs> I, whether I'm out riding the motorcycle and, and I'm looking at the scenery going by in fields and farmland and, um, or the mountains, uh, or I'm at the airport and I'm watching people walking through the airport or I'm experiencing, you know, for the however manyth time now that, that 
just exhilarating experience of a plane, an airplane, this thing that weighs so much is taking off and flying. It still blows my mind. Um, but I, <laughs> in some ways, it's kind of ridiculous how kid-like I am internally and sometimes externally. But there's an element of that that I want to maintain because like you, you pointed out, curiosity can drive well, ultimately, really, it just drives a, a creativity, particularly as photographers, that that keeps things interesting. And yeah. um, and I, I don't want to get stuck here too long because we have so much to talk about. But I am curious, though, how do you all, is there some, maybe two or, three things, two or three things that come to mind that you do, even on a regular basis, that helps encourage that curiosity and that creativity? Yes, I would say specifically for photographers, one thing that I was taught that really opened my eyes by our friend Rafal is looking for light in unusual places. Mm. Like that, that's just one thing that we do while we're shooting. And we we like to even when we have, you know, we're trying to focus more on elopements, but we do have we do, do still do weddings. And when we have like those wedding clients, I try to make them put a lot of time between things in their day mm. so that we can just walk around and look at things yeah. and be like, okay, you guys come stand over here. Okay. This doesn't really work. Mm-hmm. Let's do this. And then we'll pick up something and we'll shine it on them. Or, you know, we're, we're constantly just trying to look at something in a new way or use light in a new way. I w- that's one way. That's one thing. The other thing just to follow up with that is we've been doing a lot more exploring on our own, like, not even shooting people like we just we go out and we go on these hikes and we we just go explore and look for places and we don't really we don't really know what we're gonna find we're just kind of taking a a day out of the week to make sure that we do something like this together something like hey let's just go see where this trail leads let's um Let's go see if we can find something neat in this forest. We just we just do that, and we usually will play music to keep a vibe going. That's another thing, I think. And um, then also, I would say film is probably our biggest inspiration. Yeah. yeah. What movies? <laughs> I would say both of us agree. I mean, like, one of our favorite movies. I mean, we love Harry Potter. We love the whole magical world of that. That yes. is a constant inspiration for us. I think we talked uh, in the video conference about the fact that I'd just gotten back from Harry Potter world with my kids, and it is oh yeah, yeah, yeah. so fun. It's so fun. <laughs> I was so inspired when we went there, because I was like, there is an immersion where, like, you kind of lose yourself yep. in it. Absolutely. And that and that's kind of what we aim for with our photography is we want to immerse ourselves in a world, in our minds with music. So we think about all of our senses, sounds, you know, what we're seeing around us. And we try to put ourselves in like this little magical world. I feel like mm-hmm. that's why we love, love to immerse ourselves into movies. And, but I have to jump in here because you, you point something out. You, I think you said you allow yourself to um, or you put yourself. It's, it's a it's a conscious effort at kind of opening your mind and allowing yourself to be to to be immersed in that world. I think of something like Harry Potter world and I know that somebody who may be of a, a bit more logical mindset might walk into that Harry Potter world and have for example for those of you who are Harry Potter fans and maybe have been to Harry Potter world when you walk into Diagon Alley there in Harry Potter world Universal Studios in Florida is, is the one that I've been to it is it is very much immersive there's the music and the scenery and of course the food and the dragons up there on the on the roof blowing fire i mean it's mm-hmm. and then you get to walk in these shops and and buy the treats and and you know the 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 magic wands and so forth i mean it, it really is amazing but if you go into it with the wrong mindset 
it's a whole different experience. You have to be conscientious in an effort to open your mind to experiencing that in an immersive way. And I think that this is a good reminder for all of us who are involved in one form or another in well, business or the creative arts to be willing to open ourselves up to an, a more immersive experience like that. Even if it's something like going and taking a walk in the forest, learning to hear and to feel and to smell. I like the fact that you include music in those walks too, which does, it really can't help create a, a certain vibe, but we have to be open to those experiences. It's uh, yeah, it's, it's actually something that we did when we first started dating too. It's um, it's, it's very powerful. Well, go ahead. Yeah. That, that really, I think was a catalyst for why we create what we create. If, if that would probably answer the question on like how, you know, how our perspective kind of merged together. Yeah, because there's something about, and I'm not like a neurologist or anything, obviously, but um, there's just something so powerful about joining sound or music with an experience. And that memory is becomes so... Like magical and strong. And it's, it's like strong. ethereal. Yes, ethereal. very, very, very strong. Because mm-hmm. that's all we did in the beginning when we were dating. We would have music playing. We would go for long hikes in the forest and it would be snowing. And we would, it's just, it's so it vivid. Like you're in, a, in a movie. It, yes. did, it really does, though. Yeah. It really, really does. And you have to, like you said, Nathan, you have to allow yourself to do that. You have to, like, say, okay, I'm going to suspend my disbelief and I'm going to go someplace magical today. Um, it's, yeah. Because it's really easy to get caught up in, in all the other stuff going on in the world and just say, ah, you know, I don't have time I'm gonna to work on my computer. Yeah, today. I'm going to work on my computer because it's easier. Like you've got to keep that. It goes back to keeping that wonder going as a. And, and with that, you know, using that in our branding, I think this is a really important point to make. My, my favorite quote ever uh, was by a British fashion designer, Jonathan Kelsey. When he asked what he defined as luxury, he said, it's something that has been really considered. Someone gave time giving attention to detail, whether it's your hotel room that looks beautiful, a massage that feels great, or a meal that has been cooked perfectly. For me, luxury is when someone has taken a bit of time to look after you. Mm. But I feel like what we try to do is um, we try to think about that, the sounds, the whole experience, how to immerse our clients into a whole magical world. So when we have elopement clients, we we spend a lot of time getting to know them and then creating kind of a world for them to play in and then let us capture them in that. Wow. Wow, that's really good. Well, I, I want to use uh, the conversation about walks in the forest as a segue to my next question, which has to do with time. Um, and, and already I get the impression that you all prioritize doing more than just sitting in front of the computer all day long, it's particularly to encourage creativity and curiosity. But is there something that you do that gives you the freedom to simultaneously run a business and get out for those walks or take time together or go on a date or watch Netflix or whatever it might be, listen to music, create music. How do you, how do you create the space and time for that while simultaneously running a business? Is there a particular technique or approach to workflow that you use? To me, I feel, I feel like this is not that hard of a question. Okay. I felt pretty easy, easy, like answering this one it it is something well you can answer too but I feel like I mean it is something that was very difficult at first because you you, when you do this sort of work and you understand this you're working from home a lot so it's very easy to get into this sort of like 
the schedule of like, oh, I just kind of wake up when I, I mean, in, in the beginning, I'll just wake up whenever I feel like it. I don't have to clock in anywhere. I just kind of hop on the computer, start working. And then when I feel like I'm hungry, go, you know, <laughs> yeah, you know, that's kind of how we worked in the beginning. And we realized very early on that like, wow, this does take a toll on you if you work like this all the time. Mm. And you're working until you go to sleep and yeah. you're losing sleep because you're working. and Because you're just, you always have it with you. You always have the computer, you've got the images, you've just got everything with you all the time. So it's so easy to take it literally, I mean, you're home, but to take your work home and just be in it all the time. So one of the things that we kind of decided we would do is treat it like a, like a, like a nine to five. So you get up at a certain time, we work for an, a certain amount of time, a limited period of time. And then we take, it makes us more productive. It does because you're putting now, you're putting a, a limitation on how long you can work. So you don't just kind of lounge around and just do things at your own pace. You, you, you do put the effort to make sure that you're getting as much done within this time frame as possible. We give ourselves a sense of urgency. Yeah, yes. it does. It gives you a sense of urgency. And then when that, when the nine to five is over, then, then you feel like, okay, I did all I could today. I have to shut, shut this off. I have to go and get out and do something that's going to relieve any sort of stress or just, just like, like we were talking about earlier, just have that break, have, have a separation there between home life and work life. Um, I feel like that's helped us so, so much. Um, you can add anything you want to, Danielle. I've just been kind of yeah, yeah. talking about it, but that's, I mean, that's, that's what I feel like is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, I think one thing that we haven't discussed in, in this interview and I, is that Connor and I actually broke up about a year ago. So we've been working and we, we live separately and, but we are still su such an intimate uh, creative team together. We're, we're best friends. And, and we haven't taken a video down yet because we, we feel like it is still uh, such a meaningful insight into who we are. And we still value our story. And, and we think that it, it adds value to our, our brand and, and how we are. And we're going to be updating some things in the future. But we do spend time, like I spend time on the weekends. So we're just like, we take the weekends off. And he can go spend time with, you know, his family. And I spend time with my family. And we still shoot on the weekends sometimes too and travel together. But uh, yeah, we, we will be in meetings all day long together. <laughs> and then around, yeah, around three o'clock, we both just get off and we just go decompress. And I usually skateboard and he skateboards. And yep. Really? That's cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 Right, you guys continue to um, kind of intrigue me that skateboarding is not something I would have associated with you individually or, or your brand. I, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? The, the more like the more variety, the better. I think you know. I mean, trying there is a certain. I, I tend to be a bit of a minimalist, and so I I tend to kind of limit myself in one form or another, externally, internally. Uh, but the reality is, variety makes the world and life interesting. Contrasts make the world and life interesting. And I mean, we were talking. You were talking about the significance of of finding light earlier. Contrasts make yeah. photography interesting. And, and of course, music interesting as well. And, and I have a quite an extensive background in music myself, played up in a college and uh, my, both my kids are playing now. My son is, is planning on going to school to study jazz and um, con oh, contrasts yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and what we would refer to as dynamics in music makes a significant difference in the experience of 
that music. So I, I think experiencing a variety of things in life, not limiting ourselves to a tiny little box, but doing a variety of things makes us more interesting people and conversationalists. It, it also, I think, makes us more interesting business people and photographers as well. So just a little side note there, but I want to keep moving here. Talk to me about a, and normally I ask about an impactful book here, a self-help book, business book, or otherwise, but really just any source of education or inspiration that has been most impactful to you as photographers or business owners or just human beings, what comes to mind? You want to go first? I would say going to that workshop in the Azores, mm-hmm. meeting a lot of people that had different perspectives on photography, that changed me a whole lot, listening to a lot of different people, Pitar Yurika, talk about how he found a lot of... Um, inspiration in black and white films and you can see that reflected in his work and it really made us delve into the things that we are inspired by which is film and our favorite films together i know that both of us really love like sci-fi dystopian type of uh, worlds and um that gets reflected in in our work a lot and can Um, can we mention the name of the workshop Camp the, Archipelago. Mm-hmm. Okay. It was, it was, um, in the Azores Islands. Yeah. Is this a workshop that's ongoing annually or? I think it's not going anymore. Okay. I think it was going to be something like that, but yeah, it's not anymore. It speaks to the importance, I think, though, of, of making the effort to get out and expose ourselves to other perspectives. Again, we were talking about perspective earlier, but perspectives in photography and business. I mean, there are so many different conferences and workshops these days, and it's kind of hard to figure out which ones. Um, are going to be most relevant at, at times. But I, I like that you are out exposing yourself to other perspectives in that way. And I think that can be particularly inspirational. Of course, there's also the wonderful community that comes from it as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, such yeah. such an amazing community. And just going off of the question you asked about like self-help books, I don't have, I don't know if I have a particular self-help book, but Danielle and I both are huge advocates of uh, one-on-one, like, therapy in general like having a therapist having yeah being able to speak to somebody and talk about things and we are definitely just we subscribe to that wholeheartedly it's been a huge uh lots of adjustments and we've had a lot of changes and chaos and we've dealt with big things Uh, yes uh, uh, insight it gives you so much insight into things that it's almost like when you go to therapy or when you read a self-help book or anything like I feel like it's very similar it's like you step out of yourself you step out of your body and you look at yourself from a like you're looking at you're becoming aware of these things that you do that you just that have just been holding you back yeah holding you back or just just anything that you just didn't know existed like Mm. these tendencies these behavioral tendencies or anything like that you just you discover so much about yourself going through this process so we are definitely advocates of it uh we both see therapists it's it's great it's like yeah just on a normal basis i think everybody should yeah but it's a growth process that we're we're both yeah really advocates of like self-growth and like constant learning and and changing. So that's a big part of it for us. And you know what, if I can, if the 40 year old guy can say to the young people, please don't stop that. I I, want to do that. And for our listeners too, I mean, there is something so important to 
keeping an open mind, and we've alluded to that already, but but being willing to change if need yes. be. I mean, you know, that I think part of the um, it's interesting, even now as I think about it, that that phrase finding yourself innate to that phrase, if it's taken too literally, is this this notion that you are a person that that is and cannot change versus, again, this kind of more proactive approach, which is certainly I realize my tendencies. I realize where I'm comfortable. I realize the things that I'm good at and that I'm not good at. And uh, But ultimately, I have the ability to choose. And that's one of the cool things about being a human being is we have this opportunity to be able to choose the, the life that we want to and, and ultimately even who we want to be. And innate to that process is keeping an open mind, being willing to make change where we need to. And uh, it, it really just, it makes such a difference. If, if you let ego get in the way and absolutism get in the way, uh, you're limiting yourself as a human being, you're limiting yourself in relationships, you're limiting yourself in business, uh, just not the way to go. So I have props to you guys, and please don't ever quit that. Um, it's so, so important to maintain that openness. I agree. Um, for us, it's, it's about living a life that's more intentional and less reactive so that we do have that control over yeah. what we're going to create in our own lives. Yeah, it's yeah, it's definitely a, a growing process, and that's actually the meaning behind the word modeling. The name of the the group that I have. That's interesting. That's, that's pretty much the meaning of it, right there. That's really um, cool. And by the way, we're going to link to to your group in the show notes as well. Modeling, and of course, as well the the song that uh, we played at the intro. We're going to play it again at the outro. Uh, we'll link to that in Spotify as well, so everybody can listen in. It's it's one of those pieces where you can you can just sit back, close your eyes, and and just be for a few minutes. It's it's absolutely lovely. Uh, talk to us about your camera bag, and more specifically, <laughs> something unusual in your camera bag that enables you to be a better photographer. This doesn't have to be a camera. It doesn't have to be a lens. It doesn't have to be a flash. It could literally be anything. What comes to mind? This is nice because it's like uh, a little lighter. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'll answer this one. Yeah, go ahead. Um, we're minimalists. Yes. Along with you, Nathan. Yes. <laughs> so we only have one body, one lens a piece. Actually, Connor has two. He shoots with the 50 and 85 and I shoot with the 35. And that's all we carry with us. Uh, it's just one camera. And the one or two lenses and when we travel i would say the turtleneck pillow i ordered it on amazon it <laughs> yeah. has been a life changer yeah. last last summer we were i think we had like a total of like 26 flights in one month oh my <laughs> It was something huge like it was, that. It yes. was too many flights. Yes. We flew, from, many. we flew from the U.S. to Europe to the U.S. to Europe and all around Europe. And so that turtleneck pillow was a lifesaver because we actually slept on the plane. Um, an eye cover and essential oils. I know it sounds crazy, but when you're traveling and you know, you're, you're scared in the plane because we both get anxiety. You're busy. You lose, you lose so much. You have so little time for sleep. Like you can't just like sleep in or anything. It's just like things get very stressful. Um, I, yeah, I always brought two. I have one that was like a lavender and sage. Okay. And when we would get anxious on the plane, we just smell it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it always helped calm us down. And then peppermint too. Yeah. Because you're sweating and stuff a lot and you can use it as like a deodorant or if some something else smells bad, you can just smell it or put it under your nose. And it was just something that gave us a small comfort that actually helped our whole experience. So. Yes. The turtleneck pillow is my favorite out of all of those. Well, yeah. I have to ask you about that pillow because I I did a quick search on Amazon while you were talking and what comes up is, is it TRTL, the brand yeah. turtle. Okay. Yeah. And it's a really interesting, I, I've 
it's more a wrap than it is a pillow. It looks like. Like Yeah, yeah. It's like a neck brace. (laughs) Yeah, scarf. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You summed it up beautifully. We'll link to this in the show notes for everybody who's curious as well, especially if you fly a lot. That that could come in handy for sure. It's amazing. So easy to travel with. Mm -hmm. I have to ask one question though that will probably like immediately pop into the minds of of some of our listeners. If you are only shooting with one body, what happens if that body goes down? Obviously, if you're shooting together, you've got the backup of the other person being there. But do you do you have a backup body with you? No, nope, nope, nope. We never have. But we've been shooting for five years. We've never had an issue. I think if it's not, it's not. uh, We would not recommend this method, uh, definitely. But we've just had to work with what we've got at the moment. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So gonna pull out that iPhone when the camera goes down. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I think when we're shooting any big weddings or things like that, we've got two of us there. So if one camera goes out, there's there's a camera there for sure. But when I'm shooting alone, I usually spend time with couples. So if it, if it, in the past, like I've shot elopements, travel elopements alone. And so I will spend several days with the couple. So if something goes wrong, like, for example, when we were in Iceland and we hiked out, you know, what, three miles and then got into a hailstorm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We just went home, figured out what the new plan and we shot the next day instead. So we give ourselves enough time to accommodate for that. Okay. And do you have, you didn't mention flashes, I noticed. Do you shoot completely natural light? Do you bring any lights with you? Yeah, we do. We, we do, do have a, we do have a flash. We have a speed flash, yeah. each of us. It's, it's kind of a stylistic choice of when we, and it also depends on the, uh, the personality of the people that we're shooting. If we know that they're going to want images that kind of look like your um, standard flash looking images i, I mean just saying I like we mostly use them during the reception it's, yeah sure. yeah that's the only time is when we use them usually is during the reception but i'm just saying sometimes um we'll get couples that really like the if you want to really capture the vibe of the reception with the dancing and the lights it's a different look than using a flash it is and so we just kind of balance that we'll we'll take pictures with the flash pictures without it and just kind of gauge what uh what the client is we, we really work off the vibe of our clients yeah. too. Like we kind of create like a custom experience for each of them. Yeah. That's good. That's good. But I'm, I'm like huge fans of minimalism and my goodness, you think about how much gear some photographers lug around and for their own reasons, I get it like to each his own, but I just, I love the idea of a, like a backpack, a small backpack or a purse or whatever it might be that you could just throw whatever gear you need in for the whole day into that thing. You don't have to worry about lugging heavy gear around or rolling a case around. Simple is so, so good. Yeah, with 27 flights or 27, however many flights, like we were like, there's no way. We have one backpack with our gear and travel stuff and one carry on for the entire month. Wow. That's really cool. Well, you know what? Let's move on to, um, you talked about going light for a second. We're going to go deep again um, <laughs> and, and get back to kind of our primary focus for today. And that has to do with rebranding. And as I said at the beginning, not just rebranding, but rebranding with meaning. And I, I know that that there was this, this decision to ultimately rebrand, to make a change was driven by um, something. I want to talk about the realizations that you had. But before we even get to that, talk to us about the event or events that made you realize you wanted to or needed to make a change with your brand? Um, 
I think we were focused on the wrong things. We were focused when we first started out on business and our money. And uh, we really didn't realize that the relationship and the experience that we created for people could actually change their own perspective of life and our own as well. And Mm. that ended up being the most meaningful thing in our business, way more than the money. And that goes back to what we were saying earlier. When we we met Rafal Bolyar and he went through this process with us, I mean, that... That was life changing for I think for both of us for, and for Rafal like having to go like just it was Rafal as well he he told us that we changed his life too it was, wow. yeah it was a very very extraordinary experience for both of us so would you oh, say no. that that was the particular event that was really a turning point I really yes. would say so yeah. yeah yeah I really would say that, say that yeah well because yeah. and you, we talked about this earlier but it's interesting and it ties in beautifully to what you just described. You, you developed a certain amount of empathy through that experience and it kind of, it, it forced you to look to, it look outward, right? Look beyond yourselves to the client and ultimately focusing on taking care of them, serving them. So you, you mentioned, I think Danielle, you said just a second ago that the focus was on business and money and that focus shifted to more of an outward focus on impacting or understanding the impact that you had the opportunity to make in other people's lives, your clients' lives, and focusing more on that, right? Yes, understanding that and focusing on developing an intimate relationship with them so that we could be inside their world and that they could we could introduce them to ours. And then through that, we create something that's meaningful to them that they get to keep forever. You, you make this connection, too, with these with these people. When, when you open yourselves yourself up to them and you also you know you let them into your life and you they let you into their lives it's there's a there's a very strong connection there oh it's Um, huge i mean that's one of my favorite thing looking back i shot weddings for over 10 years one of my favorite things to, to look back on is that and i can appreciate it even more now actually than i did then the the willingness of these clients to open up to me on a very intimate level and let me into one of the most significant days of their lives of their family's lives and, and treat me like family in many cases along the way. What an right. incredible, yeah. incredible privilege. And how dare us as business owners and artist types and photographers let our ego get in the way of focusing on then trying to best provide not only a great experience, but ultimately make, make them feel or help them feel taken care of in that process. I think I, I really, this, this has been a theme actually as of late on the podcast, hearing photographers talk more about the significance of serving others, taking care of the clients, the focus being there versus, hey, look at me, and I, I'm an artist, I'm a photographer, I have you know X number of followers on my Instagram account, and um, I've won all these awards. It's, it's more, it's shifting in the direction of making sure the client feels taken care of. And um, so, I mean, I already had mad respect for you guys, but I, I respect you even more for that, that not only realization, but actually proactively making a shift in the way that you're running your business in that regard, because I think it's going to be, um, and I'll speak from personal experience and, and because this is honestly a process that I'm going through right now, a focus on the outward, not just in business, but even in my, my relationship with my girlfriend too, realizing even more the significance of focusing on taking care of somebody else. The moment we get stuck in our head and make it about us, things just tend to get messy. And when we shift that focus outward and taking care of somebody else, and I I know I've mentioned this on the podcast a number of times recently, but I I like the word service. And I know that serve, to serve, service, 
this word has had negative connotations in the past, and I understand why, but there's a certain amount of humility innate to this idea of, of me simply asking the question, what can I do to help you feel better? What can I do to take care of you? And if we approach business in that way, I think it, it'll drastically not only change our business model, but ultimately change the experience for the client. And then it's just a win-win. You know, I really want to add on to this, and I feel like this is a huge point, and it's something that we both learned, is yes, we that's what we do as a business. We want to create something amazing for people and experience for them, and it takes a whole lot of energy out of ourselves. Mm, yeah. And one of the things that we realized whenever we did decide to break up um, a romantic relationship is that we needed time to love ourselves and and to to be fulfilled within ourselves so that our business wasn't about becoming a rock star photographer and we have that ego about us like we we have figured out lately hey if we are taking care of ourselves and we fulf- we feel fulfilled when we when we cut off our hours at 5 we go fulfill ourselves we fulfill ourselves through those things with our family and, and, and within our own selves so that when we do go back to work, we can make that time about other people. We can give people that energy. Yeah, to other have... people. It's like filling up our balloon and then being able to give that to somebody and yeah. then going and fill, learning how to fill that up by ourselves. Refueling it, yeah. Yeah, yeah the refueling is, is huge. Um, uh, you know, I, even this week, I've taken time here and there to, to just – you know, whether it's to get out on the bike for an hour or get out in the sun for a little bit, uh, taking that little bit of time, the respite from whatever might be going on is important. But then I have to add to this, and I, I love the way this conversation is going. It's just flowed so easily, and I, I really appreciate you both. Um, I, I need to add to that, though, to the significance of, and you've both already alluded to the significance of therapy, ultimately for the sake of, of personal growth, being secure in ourselves as human beings, individual human beings, not reliant on someone else to compensate for our insecurities and whatever psychological issues we our, our baggage that we bring along with us. Getting to a healthy place as individuals will also free us up then to be able to better care for others on a business level and on a personal level as well. Mm-hmm. Oh my um, gosh, that is, I couldn't agree with you more there. Like, our business relationship and our friendship has been we we are so strong yeah it's been it's i feel i don't know it's just been thriving it's been so great um since having gone through all of that and been and been given the opportunity to really focus on and take care of ourselves so that when we come together we can give we can give parts of ourselves to each other and to our our couples as well yeah. and it's that's positive energy yeah. there yeah yeah. Yeah. That's, that's good. That's good. That's Again, major respect for you guys, but let's talk, let's make it really practical for our listeners too. I mean, we're talking about this idea of rebranding, rebranding with meaning, having a, a motivation, a why, if you will, it's a phrase or a word that we hear quite a bit in our, in our culture these days, but that drives that decision to rebrand that goes beyond you as photographers, artists, it goes beyond yourself to something much bigger, which is taking care of somebody else. And so how did this decision and the shift affect your business or what areas of your business did it affect? Um, will you share those with our listeners? Yeah. Yeah. So I think all of this kind of comes down to being meaningful, being intentional, intentional yeah, and, and allowing yourself to, to have that space and how do you get there? Um, and now that we've gotten here, we, in order for us to rebrand, we've started to look at every single thing in our business, hmm. everything. And the very first step we we did was we sat down and had a meeting and we said why 
Why are we doing this? Hmm. Why are we doing photography? And we had a discussion and we made notes and we recurated our mission statement. Um, and so, yeah, we had to change everything about our process to reflect our why so that it made sense. So every part of our process reflected why we're doing it. Um, but that's, so that's such a healthy I, place to start, right? R- rather than starting to get into the nitty gritty of what you're going to do with your Instagram account or how you're going to change your website <laughs> or how your photographic style is going to change, you're starting with the philosophy. And I'm just such a huge fan of that approach to life and business where you start with the root philosophy that drives what you do. You mentioned changing your mission statement. Can, would you mind sharing that? Or is it in a place where you can, you can share that with us now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll pull it up. So we just added this the why to our website and I'll just read it to you. Um, at the end of your life, what matters most is the moments that you had with the people that you love and, and nostalgia is intoxicating and falling in love is probably the most enchanting event of anybody's life. So capturing a couple and portraying how it actually feels, that's a really unique challenge that we're passionate about. Hmm. We're always looking for new ways to recreate that story and the authentic vibe of each couple. Um, Also, we feel like love kind of transforms reality into like an ethereal journey. And to us, there's nothing more exciting than discovering the magic in other people's minds. Uh, We connect with each couple on a vulnerable level in order to design an authentic experience filled with epic adventures and dreamy stories. Um, And so because of that, we don't take pictures with social media in mind. Instead, we focus on creating heirloom legacies that will outlive us all. And that's why we don't call ourselves photographers. We're memory designers. Oh, Wow. And, and by the way, for those of you listening in, and Daniel, you've got a great narration voice, as I alluded to earlier, too. Thanks for reading that. And for those of you listening in, you can actually go to layersphoto.com. And there is actually a link that says why, which is, again, just a beautiful, beautiful reflection of the the intentional approach that you all have taken to this rebranding process, actually putting it out there. And, and, and framing it as a why, you know, that this is something that some photographers might put on their about page and, and I get it, but I like that you've created a whole separate page just for that. And by the way, you've got a really interesting, some of our listeners may be curious, um, just as kind of a side note here, you've got a really interesting process going on there with the image next to those three paragraphs. Um, what, how did you create that? If you don't mind sharing. Oh, um, so that is Kata. She's a beautiful fashion designer, a friend of mine, and I went and captured her love story in San Francisco. And uh, it actually, if you want to see the the whole story, it's it's in the stories part of our website. Okay. But I got to know her and her fiance's story at the time, and I felt like I was trying to symbolically create recreate their story of how they met and how they fell in love. And I think there was one part of Kata's life where she was really soul searching. So I found this beautiful place and I symbolically put her there to, to kind of show that part of her life where she was just doing some soul searching before she found him. Mm. And um, I just sat down in the grass and I use a Nikon D750 and I just, 
held it still and I held down the shutter. And uh, so it's just a series of photographs that we made into a moving image. That's really cool. What And what software are you using then to convert that into that kind of movie, like almost stop frame movie, like uh, finished product? So I just use Bridge and um, use my own edits and um, save the files and stuck them into Photoshop and use Photoshop to make it into a, a, a moving image, a GIF. That's beautiful. And I, I, as you were talking, I was also scrolling through that story. And we'll link to this in the show notes as well directly. Uh, Kata and Austin's love story in Northern California. We'll put that in the show notes for those of you who are curious as well. Um, that was not the only kind of stop motion uh, finished product, the movie, if you will, that, that you created. So you can get an idea of, of that technique um, more than once there on that page. We'll link to that. That's really beautiful. But let me get back to our, our conversation here and these steps that you've taken or the areas where you made change. You started with why. That was a big first step and adjusting the mission statement, which ultimately gives meaning to what you do and kind of guides what you do um, at the very base level. And, and again, I have a lot of respect for that approach, but what's the next big change and the next big step that you took? So that would be like the how, how, how we approach our couples. And that's going to be based on the why, how we create an experience hmm. um, on their story and how we interpret it, uh, how we immerse ourselves into what they're doing, you know, going on hikes, getting more into the mindset of exploration in general. You know, because before, before we were, before we discovered what the why was and, and being intentional about all this, we didn't have this intimate process of, of really getting to know, like really getting personal with the people that we were shooting. Hmm. Um, the approach was, was, was very different. Yeah. We would just, we would kind of, I don't know, just show up. And it was, shoot. Yeah. I mean, yeah, <laughs> it was, it was, I mean, we're, let's just be honest. Yeah. That's what we did. We were kind of just, okay, here's the itinerary show up and shoot it. And um, yeah, we, that's what we did in the beginning. Yeah. And, and now, now we're taking that approach, you know, getting to know them, which we've already discussed a lot. And I would say that we're going, we're going deep into it. Like, just like the luxury quote said, you know, we're going to explore every detail of this experience, starting with, you know, our website, you know, we're recreating our website right now, thanks to Square Muse. And um, <laughs> we out. are. Yeah. yeah nice little <laughs> plug there. <laughs> um. And we are, you know, we've changed even our questionnaire, the way that we respond to couples, mm -hmm. you know, before we would just email. Now, as soon as we get uh, inquiry, we just immediately text them. And we're just like, hey, what's up? Standing out with layers and wait for them to text back. And then we just go ahead and set up a meeting, um, like a, a video call. And we get to know them and, and we let them know that at any time they can text us. So it's automatically like intimate and friendly from the beginning. Wow. Interesting that you said text. Honestly, I was expecting phone call, but then text, there is a certain intimacy, a familiarity that's created by something that you would do with friends, right? right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Huh. You have the why and you have the how. So that, And again, I, have, I can't stress this enough, really, because I think it makes such a big difference. We talk so much about how we manage our time here on the podcast. So much of what Photographers Edit is ultimately about is giving photographers time because they're choosing to spend time doing something like editing that takes up you know, hours and hours and hours and hours of their week. They could delegate that. They can outsource that for the sake of time. And that is driven by a philosophy of, hey, this is what I want. This is why I'm doing what I'm doing. 
because I know why I'm doing what I'm doing on a personal level and then as a result with my business, then that determines the how, as you pointed out, and more specifically in, in the context of our conversation, how you go about engaging with your clients through the website, in person, when you're actually photographing them, or just sending them a quick message. It, it determines how you engage with them, but it can also determine how we spend our time. And I think it's really important to understand the significance of developing a philosophy first of why you're doing what you're doing. And if you haven't, for those of you listening in, if you haven't taken the time to do this yet, take the time, whether it's an hour or 10 hours or a weekend or whatever it requires, take the time to sit down and understand on a very deeper or deep level why you're doing what you're doing. Let that then determine literally everything that you do, how you spend your week, how you engage with your clients. I cannot stress enough the significance of this approach, but Number one, we start with the why. Two is how. Uh, what's the next thing, Danielle? Uh, the where. Okay. Um, because I feel like it's become a big trend now to travel everywhere. And we've been a part of that. We've traveled um, a lot. and Traveling is fun. It is fun. Yeah. As long as you bring your essential oils along, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> your turtleneck pillow. <laughs> but we feel like a lot of people in our industry are forcing themselves to travel everywhere else. Hmm. And we did too, because we thought this was like an indication that we were successful. Yeah. But I think that our definition of success has changed and we're creating this change at home. Yeah. Um, I think for us, it had become maybe a little bit of a selfish thing that we wanted to travel and, and that's still okay, but we didn't want it to become a selfish thing so that we're only telling stories in exotic places that mm. will impress people. Mm-hmm. We aren't just shooting to get that big epic shot. We're really focusing now on, like we said earlier, to bring it all together. Um, bring it, bringing it back. Like, well, basically, like taking the inspiration from home, home, home. Like your your culture. Like what what is beautiful here that you have? And it, well, we want to. What we're trying to do is create um, a demand in our own home place yeah. where there really isn't a demand for elopement photography here mm. at all. And so we're, we're going, we're trying to pioneer that. That's something that we're working on on the back end right now. Wow! And we want to create kind of an industry for that here and to be more community focused on education so that we can help other photographers here uh, kind of understand that too and be a part of this with and, us. And that's not saying that we, uh, we will not travel. We don't want to, that's not saying we don't want sure, to travel. We sure. love all of it, but we don't want to do it back, back again to the, to the why and the intention. We don't want to do it for selfish, selfish reasons. I love we that. don't want to do it just because we want to see Scotland or whatever. Um, yeah. Yeah. We, we want to start here with our roots and then grow up. Oh, that's good. This is good. And, and really, I mean, that's a beautiful way to sum up our conversation. And I know this is a, a big topic we could probably spend another hour or two at least on, but I really appreciate you both just taking the time to share with all of us today, kind of what you've learned along the way. I, I have a, a lot of respect for the the level of humility and open-mindedness that you bring to the picture. It's a great example for me, for our listeners. And uh, while we, as we finish up here, if you'll just uh, let us know one more time, where our listeners can find your photography brands online. And Connor, do share one more time too, where we can uh, listen to more of your music. Sure. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, so our website is layersphoto.com, uh, Instagram at layersphoto. Um, and if you want to find us on Facebook, it's just facebook.com backslash layersphotography. Um, 
and music it's it's been a while since i've had to do say this stuff so uh, <laughs> um, music is uh you can find us on spotify and all the kind of like regular streaming sites it's uh, just modeling um on our facebook it's modeling music on instagram it's modeling music uh our website is modelingmusic.co um yeah i think i think, I think that's, that's it. well we also have a pinterest but we we when we get through rebranding We'll put that out there. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. Well, I will link to all of these in the show notes, including all the resources that we referenced today. And uh, for those of you listening in, we're going to actually close this episode out uh, by playing Apex or Apex. I'm sorry, by modeling one more time. And you know what? Do yourself a favor. Sit down. Uh, if you're driving, stop the car, pull over and just close your eyes and take a deep breath and just be for a second. And I think we could all stand to do that every now and then. And uh, this music will be a beautiful background for that. Thank you again, Danielle and Connor, so much for making time for the podcast. Thank you, Nathan. Thank you so much.